Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Lol Austin Theory attempted to cash in money in the bank, not on Roman Reigns, the world heavyweight champion, not on Bron Breaker, the world NXT champion, the NXT world champion. No, instead he decided to do it on Seth Rollins, the US champion, on a night when Seth had two open challenges. Arguably, the US is in the world. I mean, it is, yeah. It's fine. So, it never said it had to be the whole world title. Well, no, I mean, it didn't even specify that it had to be a world championship. Just guarantees you a championship opportunity. You and go. so, you know, Austin Theory is like, well, I'm not going to beat old Roman, am I? But I can beat a very hurt Seth. Let's play and it didn't the logic work. game. It didn't work out for him at all. I am Luke Owen, DAD. I'm joined by Professor Dan Layton. Welcome to the WrestleTalk podcast review of Monday Night Raw. Please, if this is your first time here, press the subscribe button. But if you've been here before and you're watching live, press the thumbs up button. Even if you're watching the replay, why don't you just, just press that just thumbs press up? It. Just give it a little press. Just press it. Give it a little tickle right now. It's a delightful thing and it massively helps us out in the algorithm as we talk about this main event angle oh and actually you can get your thoughts in to wrestletalk.com forward slash support we'll read out all ultra chats above the five us dollar level so please do get your thoughts in because i'd imagine people have got some thoughts on this mm, just one or two thoughts it's been a very quiet splash in the in the pool of uh, wrestling culture yeah so I have not read the comments. Have you my, read, not read the comments for your review? My edited review. I have not read the comments from my edited review yet. Have you been on wrestling Twitter? I Well, I, I don't go on it as much as I, I once did. I've got to be honest with you. Uh, a lot of people were really bummed out about my review I did for Crown Jewel, where, right. I, where I gave it four out of five. Uh-huh. Um, because I didn't think the show, I thought the show was fine with an amazing main event. Yeah. But I was reading through the comments and everyone hated my opinions. So I'm just really down at the moment yeah. on, on, on wrestling feedback. So I haven't been checking. I'm with you because it's it's a thing. I, I don't, I've 
this is the same with Drag Race. A lot of the Drag Race fandom is quite... Uh, I've, I've never known people to hate the thing that they love so much as Drag Race fandom. And it's all, there's, there's a similarity in some of the internet wrestling community. But sometimes a little thing happens where it's a bit spicy. Mm. And you're like, I'd love to take part in this discourse and see what everyone... So I, not only have I read Twitter, I've also read Reddit. <gasps> um, I've been having a little look at all the things. And people do ha- do be having opinions. People yeah, do be having them. I, when I listened to the, the Fightful Post show with mm. Sean and Denise, uh, the, the feedback they were getting was not... Not particularly positive yeah. about this segment. I, I think there are some people who will defend the, the logic of this because there's two discussions to be had here. Yeah. The logic of a man who on the same night that the champion issued two open challenges mm. decided now is the time to cash in my money in the bank for not the world title, but for the US title. Where yes. Title shots are handed out like candy. Yeah. Versus the other discussion on this, which is it's another year where not a great money in the bank cash in has happened. Yeah. And kind of when you look back at the last, I, I can't say decade because I think like Seth was the last truly great money in the bank cash in. I would, the yeah. height of the century. I would argue that that cash in was the, you can't beat that. How do you beat that? But I, I don't even think people need to beat that. But like right. that was the last truly great yes. cash in. Yes. And everything went after that has been okay mediocre not great uh braun was a really bad one they gave it to otis with no plans to ever put the belts on him so he yeah. just handed it to the miz so that wasn't a great one either Big E is the only like good one mm. that we've had and even then really it was just an okay cash in mm. he just cashed it in and he won but because it was so better than the last like seven years we had previous that was like oh my god they've nailed money in the bank again but this with with theory this is like a quite a bad one. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh... so. Here's the thing. I think a money in the bank cash in as a moment can be something quite unbelievable. Quite you know, heist of the century. I remember being on my feet. I remember um, when I mean, the very first one when Edge cashed in at the end of. Uh, we had we'd never seen that happen. We'd never yeah. seen it happen. So it was a completely fresh thing. He had it for so long as well. I he remember, had it for yeah, almost a full year. He carried it right the way through to uh, New Year's Re- Revolution. I remember the first time someone cashed it in on the very same night they won it. I remember these, and I remember it being like, oh, exciting, oh, different. R- RVD announcing ahead of time. That was interesting. I'm cashing this in for one night yeah. stand on my home turf. The first time someone won the briefcase from the owner of the briefcase. There are there are, there have been a lot of different story variations done with this briefcase. And I do think those moments can be moments within themselves. They are then backed up by what does the rain look like, I think. Biggie, great cash-in situation, mediocre title run. Yeah, he had some matches with Bobby Lashley, yeah. and then he lost to Brock Lesnar. Yeah, and I think he, even he himself was disappointed in how that run turned out. Uh, I look at someone like like Seth, let's take Seth for instance. They, they you know... That period where he had he had the US title as well, it was very much like he is the guy. He was the, the guy, and it was a it was an, an entertaining, engaging run. He broke his leg carrying the company on his back. He literally did exactly that. Um, blow out his knee. Blow out his knee. Um, so it's 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 one of those things where handing someone the money in the bank briefcase is a statement. You're basically telling us this is someone who you imagine is a world title contender. And by giving it to Austin Theory, I think a lot of us went, huh? It, it, because it was a Vince project, yes. because Vince had clearly handpicked him. Like, yeah. you don't even need to be reading the the news websites mm. to know that Vince saw him as not just this next guy, his next John Cena was, yeah. was the report. Because 
Vince was involved in his storylines. He was his hand-picked mm-hmm. guy. He was literally on TV being like, he's my hand-picked guy. And look how like great his ass is. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, he's got this golden egg and, yeah. and all this sort of j- governance, right? So then him going into Money in the Bank, he's just like, cool, this is the next step of the the big Vince push that he's mm. getting. Don't, Nicky, don't think he's going to beat Roman, but I'm sure they've got something planned for him. They mm. just want to try and carry on this momentum. But with Roman as champion, it was always this question of like, well... I mean, Theory's likely going to cash in and not win, mm. but at least it's cashing in, it's putting in a good showing and then not winning in the end. Yeah. And there, there was a report that came out fairly recently that said that WWE had found out, the creative had found a unique way for Austin Theory's Money in the Bank cash in. Yeah. And they didn't say whether he was going to win or lose. I don't know if this is that unique thing either. that they come up with, which is that he cashed in on the US champion. But, yeah. like, but the the only positive I can take from this, sorry, I didn't want to come no, no, no. The only positive I can take from this is that it has set a brand new precedent, which is you can cash in on the US champ. Like, or, you know, he went to NXT and teased a cash in there. Like, you can cash, cash in, in on, on any other champion. It doesn't specifically have to be the world champion. But for my money, if you've got the money in the bank briefcase and you're not cashing it on a world champion, you are making an error. Well, yeah, because it, 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 the, the phrase is money in the bank. So the argument is you are becoming the champion. You are getting that top paycheck because you are top of the card because you are the world champion. That's why it's money in the bank. Um, and I think if we're trying to believe that it's not, it, people aren't just doing this for prestige. There's also, you know, you win a championship, you can command a higher fee. That's mm. kind of the point. Um, so it, it's it is it is a weird <laughs> cashing in on, on any championship is kind of uh, interesting. It's an interesting idea. I'm not sold on it personally because I remember when um, uh, back in the days when WWE CW was happening, Tommy Dreamer was entering the Royal Rumble, and I, rem- I remember them being like, "If he wins, he's going to go after that ECW championship." And then I remember, if it's not the same one, another one, Chavo Guerrero as ECW champion entered the Royal Rumble. And I was like, okay, you, you just told me that this championship isn't as good as the other two. Because yeah. those two aren't in the match. Um, and that for me was like, uh, I, I, it's it's the same thing of like, why if you have this money in the bank briefcase, you can have a championship opportunity anytime you want. And you don't choose to insert yourself into that big money world title picture. It's a little bit weird to me. When Otis had it, we used to get a lot of ultra chats in saying like, oh, Otis will cash in on the tag championships. And I was like, but why would you do that? Because everyone gets a tag title shot. Like tag title shots are handed out like Mm. anything. In the same way, the US title shots are handed out a lot. Seth Seth tried to hand out two on this very show. I even was a little bit uh, confused by why he was issuing an open challenge, but he wasn't allowing Ali the challenge like that he had sort of said. Did Ali have a title match or was it just... Um, matches. No, I think it was just matches. Yeah, that's what, so yeah. Ali had said like, "Oh, I, I've been told I can have a title match," and then Seth was like, "No, actually." And now Seth is doing not one but two open challenges, and well, it's like Ali had his chance to answer, but Bobby Lashley beat him up. And let me tell you, when he got thrown over that briefcase, <laughs> I, I absolutely was like, "I was living." That was fantastic. But it was this thing of like, like logic. Like I don't know, there was a lot of, it, and not to give spoilers for the whole show. I was quite cross for this. I felt the show. I, ba- I basically felt like I watched a tech rehearsal of. Uh, the the proper Monday Night Raw because there was a lot that went wrong but what I could see throughout the show and we have sort of seen a little bit here and there through the the Triple H era is a little bit like he's sort of pressing the reset button and if you've got the money in the bank on Austin Theory and we know Austin Theory is not the right person to take the title off Roman you can't really book him between now and let's say WrestleMania to become that person 
No one in the crowd believes it. What do you do? You have to get it off him. There are ways to do that. There are ways to play with yeah. that. And I just don't think this was it. No, I mean, we... Perhaps this is just, you know, us veering into fantasy booking and, yeah. you know, like getting into our own head of like what great ideas, you know, we could possibly do or what great storylines they could possibly do. But I actually, I really dug the idea of Theory being the first person to hold the Money in the Bank contract for an entire year and yeah. not cash in. Because they had been setting that up. Like he tried at SummerSlam and didn't I'm work. taking it back. And then he tried at Clash of the Castle and it didn't work. Yeah, yeah. And like you can do that. Like anytime Roman is on the show, Theory is trying to do it and like whoops, steps on a banana peel and it doesn't quite yeah. happen. And then it comes to the, as reports go, we're not going to have a Money in the Bank pay-per-view next year. We're just going to have Money in the Bank at WrestleMania right. like it was previously. Mm. I would imagine night one, night two, men's and women's. Yeah. So oh, yeah, yeah. if you could have had a storyline going up until WrestleMania of mm. him trying to do this and, and failing and slipping on banana peels or what have you, and then it becoming this ticking time bomb for him. Mm. of Like, like I, a lead weight around his neck. A lead weight around his neck. I've got to do this. And then that's a story mm. for him. Yeah. Or you could have done a story of him announcing that he's going to cash in a room is like i've got next i'm going to, to challenge you at the pay-per-view and then trying to like recruit a bunch of lads together yes, to take out the, the the bloodline and stuff you know with mm. alpha academy and whatnot no one was ever going to buy austin theory as a legit challenger in the same way that no one believed that logan paul yeah. was going to win the universal championship but you can put on a really good match like logan paul did and everyone's now like, man, that Logan Paul lad's really, really great. Like, maybe we should be doing bigger things with him when he does come back from his injury. You could have had that same thing with Austin Theory, mm. because Austin Theory's bloody good. Yeah, he is good, and he's got a good look, and he's got a good, um, uh, he's got charisma. He's, you know, he, he's good in the ring. He knows what he's doing on the mic. He, he's got a good uh, physique. He, he, he looks the part. He's just not there yet. Yeah. Um, I think uh, the other, it's just. The thing that's frustrating for me is that there are logic gaps in this. Huge logic in gaps way. in this. So, for instance, uh, Seth's open challenge never actually got underway. No. So, it's not like that Bobby match started and then was disqualified. The, the bell never rang. Bobby just attacked him and then left the arena. So, the open challenge technically was still there. So, why have you wasted your money in the bank opportunity? Yeah. Um, or just wait till next week. There are so I have seen one person be like, um, you know open challenge may have been rescinded and, and the cash-in has to happen whenever you're ready. It's like, well, he's not quite. In the same way that there is the argument of, like, he took advantage of Seth being prone. Mm. Because, so if you haven't seen what happened on the episode, uh, Seth had this open challenge. It was meant to be answered earlier in the night, but that turned into a Judgment Day and OC battle. So Seth did it in the main event, doing his full entrance again. Yep, yep, yep. It's a good way to kill time. And... On the big screen, Mustafa Ali answered, but Bobby Lashley beat him up. Yeah. And so Bobby Lashley then accepted. Bobby Lashley then did his full entrance, because we are trying to kill time here. And he then just knocked Seth out of the ring, beat seven shades of sushi out of him, <laughs> and takes him out, puts him through a table... And referee, security, and most importantly, Petey Williams was there to <laughs> break everything up. Petey Williams was on the show. It is an instant five out of yeah, five yeah, episode yeah. for me, of course. Hit a Canadian destroyer on someone, Petey. And then Theory is like, sorry, Theory, Lashley is then escorted to the back and he's celebrating being like, yeah, who's the real winner? I'm like, Seth, because he's still the yeah. champion. Uh, not you, mate, who just squandered your open challenge opportunity. Yeah. And then Theory just comes out. And I will say at this point, I was sort of leaning, I was, for the first time in most of the show, I was leaning forward at this point because I was like into, into the intensity. As was I. Really into the fact that, okay, we're getting this double turn and I will, I will get onto that. But that is the, the big good thing that I take away from this is, is that we have some interesting future, but we've got a double turn has taken place. 
Um, so I'm leaning forward. Theory comes out, and I'm like, "What's happening next?" And I'm curious, and my brow is furrowed. Going into an ad break, and it yeah. really was like a. Well, now I've got to stick around yes. because, like, when I when Bobby attacked. And like I could, you know, a theory came out. And I was like, oh, maybe that's the end of the show. And then I forward. And I was like, oh my, there's still 15 minutes yeah. left of this show. So I'm yeah. then like forwarding through the ad break, really on the edge of my seat, waiting to see what was going to happen next. And we come back from the ad break and they announce Austin Theory is cashing in mm. money in the bank. And it's against Seth Rollins, who is hurt. He is weak. And Theory Deskin beats him up, but cannot get the pin. Mm. And in the end, he does have the match won. Yeah. But Bobby Lashley pulls the referee out of the ring. He then beats up Austin Theory. Austin Theory just about manages to beat the 10 count because security did not run to help out uh, Austin Theory, even though they did for Seth Rollins earlier. Another big logic hole here. And Austin Theory just runs straight into a stomp. Mm. And Seth retains. This was an absolute burial of poor austin theory oh, yeah. who looked like an absolute moron mm. in this whole segment and it's hard then to be like i don't know what you were trying to achieve in this other than just getting the briefcase off of him because it was an albatross around his neck mm. that has been holding back his storylines now that he's got that you can hit the reset button on austin theory and just start again yeah that's that, that's it that's what it feels like to me it feels like okay we've got rid of the money in the bank thing so we can put money in the bank on ice until we decide to do another uh a lot of match with their WrestleMania if that's what's going to happen or you yeah. know and I think with them killing the 24-7 title that was like I was going to say this is the, the other the last remnants of a Vince era yes it was very this is what I mean by pressing reset it was very much like you were saying Cabral, I'm getting rid of these things because when you when you inherit the longest running weekly episodic show in television, you you have no like between season breaks to go. Okay, let's sit down in the writers' room and let's go. This worked. This didn't work. This worked. This. Did. What do we do going forward? How do we change things? You kind of there there are open storylines without coming on television and going, "Hi everybody, Vince is a big old perv, so we can't do what we were gonna do." So allegedly, allegedly. So sorry, we're gonna start again, <laughs> um, and we're gonna you know. Um, press the complete reset button. All the championships are vacant. The Vince Russo method. <laughs> yeah, literally. Without doing, without doing 2000, 2001 WCW, you can't. You just you have to carry on in some way. You have to find a way to to you know this person has money in the bag. Let's take a couple of weeks to see whether or not we can build them to the point where they're a credible challenger. It's not happening. Okay, so how do we get that briefcase off him? How do we bring this to an end? Uh, the US title is sort of doing nothing, but I, and we have both titles currently on Roman Reigns, and that is working, so we need to create something for the Raw wrestlers to fight for, because the champagne here every week, mm. uh, and we need to keep him as that big, big match, big event player to keep his mystique. So let's build up the US title. Okay, cool, we're going to do that. Uh, women's Championship, we're going to do that. With this, with the, what are we going to do with all these pieces? Um, and I think we are seeing that come to fruition here in some way in, in getting rid of the 24-7, in getting rid of the, the briefcase. It's just the way it went down. Yeah. In the moment, I was kind of like, okay, yeah. And and, and I was buying it because I, I was into the intensity because for the first time in the show, I was sat forward. But then the more I've sat with it, the more I've been, you know, thinking about it and, and understanding what was going on and the logic of things. I'm like, yeah, well, he could have just gone for the open challenge because it hadn't started. Why would you not save it for a WrestleMania main event? Uh, you could have done this with the story. You could have. And the more and more I've got really annoyed at it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because there are like just so many logic holes to it. Yeah. It is, it isn't good. Mm. Like this, this was not good booking. This was not good storytelling. Yeah. But I was sports entertained by it. Which, like, yeah. like I thought the chaotic nature of this final 20 minutes 
from the Mustafa Ali being taken out by Bobby Lashley and then Bobby Lashley killing Seth Rollins and then Austin Theory cashing in and then Bobby costing that and then Rollins winning in the end. It was just this mad 20 minutes that really was like, considering that the third hour of, of Raw is always the least watched hour. Yes. This felt like almost a desperate attempt to get people to stick around and watch that third hour and mm. make people think like, oh man, well now next week I've got to watch the third hour again in case something equally chaotic happens. And it works because the um, uh, I, I was like, who could it be? Yeah, and that's the thing. Is I So I actually in a way loved this. Mm. I don't think it's good... That's, which is a weird thing to say because it's it's not good and I think it is damaging to certain people. But I did love this mm. because it was so chaotic and unpredictable. And that's one kind of the things we've been asking for from wrestling. You want your consistent level storytelling. Anything can happen. And you, but you also want that anything can happen in the World Wrestling Federation yeah. feeling. Like that chaotic nature that used to end Monday Night Raws mm. in the, during the Attitude Era and during like Ruthless Aggression. Less than Ruthless Aggression, more Attitude Era and yeah. stuff. And I think the Triple H is now... Just got to find that balance where you have got consistent storytelling with good wrestling and also that massively chaotic nature of mm -hmm. anything can happen in the World Wrestling Federation. Yeah. And I, I kind of like that. So, yeah, this isn't good, but I did like it. <laughs> Which is such a weird feeling. It is, it is, it is also a, accurate. It is yeah. a weird feeling. And it was quite remarkable because I did when I was on checking wrestling Twitter and stuff and I was seeing like Gorilla Position. Um, I hated this episode. Right. So it was the worst episode of the Triple H era. Mm. People who were feeding back into the Fightful Post Show were like, this is the worst episode the Triple H has done. And I'm there on the train platform ready to come into London and write my review. And I'm like, I actually really enjoyed this episode. Like, yeah. I had a, when that show finished, I was like, that's a five out of five episode. Because really? I, I, honestly, because I came away being like, I had so much fun. I saw PD Williams and like, <laughs> it was just, and plus <laughs> I, I thought the OC and, and Judgment Day stuff was really yeah. good. And I loved, loved, loved the Gargano Miz match. I thought it was a terrific. It was an awesome wrestling. When, I match. will say when you when I watched your review and you praise the Miz, I was like, I've done it, <laughs> I've done it. But so like I I did too much. And then when I did my review, I was like, I, I in my script it said this was a five out of five show. But the more I thought about it, I read it out loud. I was like. This this isn't a five out of five. Do you show. really it, want to die on that hill? Yeah, I was like, I'm not, I'm five not five gonna five die show. on that hill. But no. I did ultimately enjoy this episode. I mean, this is a, like different strokes, and uh, people can enjoy what they enjoy. I always do when I do like any film review or anything like that. I always have to say you should know that I one of my favorite films of all time is is Singing in the Rain. Another one of my favorite films is Twelve Angry Men. Another one of my favorite films of all time is Monster in Law, starring Jennifer Lopez and Jane Fonda. That people like what they like, and there's no you know we all can like different stuff, and that works especially when it comes to wrestling. Um, so if you enjoyed this segment, I good for you. And I like that, but I just, it's one of those things where from a storytelling perspective, and I have a lot to say about storytelling in this episode of mm. Raw, um, and from, I mean, even just from a production standpoint and even just from a, 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 a professionalism standpoint in certain places, I was so cross a lot of the time. Mm. So, um, I can, I kind of do add my voice to the people who, really considered this to be a, a, a dreadful episode of raw i don't i don't I, I don't think it's 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 certainly not something that's gonna make me go ah triple h doesn't have a book triple h is rubbish because i just yeah. don't think and if you are of that opinion and i know there are people in the internet wrestling community who are of that opinion fine go off um but i just don't think that's the case it, it was in this one where i'm like christ you have to sift through a lot of tap that you you're basically you're it's like he's walking around in 
storyline going, what happened here? What scraps can I pick up and what can I put together? And that all oh, that's not quite going to work. So I've got to, you know, it's that stuff is going down. I tell you what this episode was. It's the it's not the first bad episode we've seen from Triple H. Mm -hmm. It's the first jet lagged episode we've seen <laughs> from Triple H. That's, that's a very good way of putting it. Like yeah. they, that's what this show felt yeah. like was just jet lag, and Triple H was just like, ah, pff, I don't screw it, just do this. And even with the extra hour from the American Daylight Savings Time over, <laughs> over the Sunday, uh, you know. screw it. Dana Brooke loses the belt, and then we throw it in the bin. I don't care I don't, anymore. Sure, why not? sure he cashes in, and it's yeah. unsuccessful. Whatever, like just end the show. I also feel like when it is a weekly. The, the thing about saying that this was a for me a bad episode is that it, there'll be another one next week. I don't think it's to say this was bad, this was good. We're also in this this like perennium of the year, the gooch of the year. If I'm allowed to say that on the Russell Talk podcast, um, you are here. There we go. Um, where like not a lot goes down and it's sort of a bit weird and like I always look forward to. Okay, we're going to build the Royal Rumble and I I I feel and. Come back to me after WrestleMania 39 and see whether or not I still feel this way and be like, you still comment on this. I'm like, that's when we're going to get the Triple H era in full effect. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, after yeah, we've yeah. had that, because this, for me, the season opener of any Raw, sure, it's in October, whatever. It's in Royal Rumble territory. When we get to the Royal Rumble, we have that run of WrestleMania. Now we're at the, this is where we're starting. This is yeah, where yeah. we're setting stuff out. Good, good save. <laughs> Thank you very much. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST.
Uh, let's get into your ultra chats and see what you thought of this episode of Raw. Um, Eak Nichols. Ooh, lots to say. We have a lot of people have got some things to say. Eak Nichols has said, Buried! I've never seen the Money in the Bank used as a shuffle before. This could be worse than Baron Corbin or Damian Sandow. At least they went for the top title. I've always had issues with Austin Theory, so I'm not heartbroken about Money in the Bank. It is a bit obsolete now. Anyway, jam that jam. Uh, B-I-T-W-B-T-A. talk for life. Um... Yeah, I, I hope Triple H, here's my big hope from Triple H. He rescues Money in the Bank. Yeah. And makes Money in the Bank feel like that. because To feel like Money in the Bank. It's not that difficult to do. There was a period of time when the Royal Rumble did not feel important anymore because oh, yeah, like, the, the, like we just had bad Rumble after bad Rumble after bad mm. Rumble. But the Rumble is always, because it's got that sort of like emphasis behind it, it's just like, ah, oh, but maybe this year will be the good one. I hope we can get back to Money in the Bank, where it's like, this year will be the good one again. I really do believe you're only as good as your last cash-in. And, yeah. and like, you know... And this was not a good one. No, it wasn't. Um, why anyone... This is from Ket said, Why anyone would cash in on a mid-card title and not the top title is beyond me. There's no logical reason anyone can give me that would make any sense for a wrestler to do that. Much rather had Theory fail his cash-in on Roman rather than this BS. Because if you lose to Roman, there's no shame in losing to Roman Reigns. If you lose to not a Seth Rollins who has been attacked by Bobby Lashley and, and to the point where people... It, that makes you look bad. Also... If you are, my example for Tommy Dreamer is that he eats, sleep, and breathed ECW. You know, Rob Van Dam was like, I'm cashing this in on the ECW one night stand per view because I eat, sleep, and breathe ECW. I love it. So if you have a justification, if, if Austin Theory had built his whole character, I wanted to be US champion, cashing on the US title, sure. That's, this is a belt he's A, already won, and B, had threatened to not do a match because he wanted to save himself. He wasn't going to wrestle for the US title at SummerSlam because he was going to save himself for the the mm. big spot. So, why? Yeah. You know? Again, logic. FIFA Connor 16 said, I did think that it was odd theory cashed him on the US title. What I did not consider is the two open challenges that had happened, which makes it even more stupid and funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Hannah Winter said, I agree that in story this makes no sense. Dean Ambrose was the best Poth Seth cash in. This was Trips doing chores in the episode. I've seen a lot that of was people a good one. give a lot of love for Seth, uh, for Dean Ambrose. Yeah, I agree. In. You're right. Yeah. I do forget that that happened and I've just done Survival Series. <laughs> yeah, it was, that was the night of the three. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Banaka1192 has been a member for 15 months in a row. He said, Why bother with Money in the Bank? It hasn't been good in years, but cashing in on not the main title. Big grapefruits on Triple H there. Trips has wanted to make the US title look good, and arguably, you can make it so that the US title is that big and that important, like we've been saying, but um, this it, this didn't jive with that, you know? It didn't, no. Dave Donaldson said, wow, that was stupid. This is a bigger burial than when Baron Corbin lost. At least Jinder Mahal got his first clean victory as champion over Baron Corbin. Well, there you go. Good for Jinder, eh? Uh, at least he was challenging for a wild title. Also, did you see Dana's reaction on Twitter to the 24-7 title that it was just chucked in the bin? At least the rivalry may have wrote. Between Dana Brooke and everyone else. <laughs> Dana Brooke and uh, Corey Grace. Yeah, oh um, my god, yeah. So yeah, me and Pete will be diving into that on the WrestleTalk Reacts over on WrestleTalk News. Mm. That'll be going up in a couple of hours' time, in fact. Um, so yes, I did. If anyone hasn't seen it, Dana Brooke was not pleased. We'll get we'll get we'll get to it. Will Campbell said, I know that every almost nobody likes Austin Theory here, but he is an excellent worker and an even better seller. Kind of feel like Trips broke out the golden shovel. Hopefully this starts something better for him, but it looks like he was done dirty here. This is also one of the first times where I would say like the 
all just let it play out argument, which I think is a very, very bad argument under the Vince era. Yeah. Might be one of the first times where I'm like, well, I'll see what happens next week. Mm. But under the Trips era, Austin Theory has lost all of his matches. Yeah. And, apart and from today. You're not, well, and, and you're not, he's not ready yet. He's just not ready. That's the, the long and short of that it. That is it. He was given this, we, and we said this from day dot of when he won the thing. Bearing in mind, I just didn't think, that was only four months ago. No, it feels like ages. Yeah. It wasn't four. July, right? Oh my goodness gracious. He's, it felt like Austin Theory had that thing for so long. Yeah, I. Uh, but it, is it in four months? Gotta be October, September, August. If, it's, if it was July, then yeah, for he only that had feels that like, thing for four months. That feels like a long time. And he had that. For, it honestly, it felt like he's had it for a year. Yeah, goodness gracious. <laughs> The tribal champ said, first time ultra chatter. Welcome on board. Oh. Said, I believe that the US title cash-in will be invalid. Someone executive next week will probably come to theory saying the cash-in was invalid due to the cash-in not being on a world title. That's... I thought that was going to happen when Bobby beat him up. Yeah. When Bobby took him outside and like laid him out, I wrote in my notes, ah, oh, this is how they're going to get out of the cash-in. Mm. And so the cash-in was just done to pop the racing. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. And then the match continued. I was like, oh, nope. It's Seth just won, I guess. If they do that, I'll be fuming because that is shenanigans of the highest order and I don't like it. Sorry, I'm just watching everyone freak out that, uh, yeah, it was July 2nd yeah. that he won the belt. Everyone is freaking out that it was only four months ago. <laughs> I can't believe that. Time is a flat circle. I don't think of how much has changed in those four months. Oh my God, <laughs> you're right. In both companies as well, yeah. in WWE and AEW. What a year the past four months have been. <laughs> Every, like me. This year has been so bad. Everyone's forgotten that Vince fired his own son this year. Oh my God, <laughs> this year? Because he acted like a complete spoiled child in the Rumble. He did as well. Goodness anyway, me. Uh, the guilty hat said, at the end of the day, we all could have come up with a better story for Money in the Bank. My personal pitch was to have Sammy take it. But my question is, what do you do with Theory now? Lad's been given a bad hand and it's a real shame. I hope he can bounce back. He that I, he can bounce back. Mm, the, uh, so that's it. Like, he's, he's only 25. Like, yeah. He's not, uh, oh, yeah. It's, it's Randy Orton. When Randy Orton won the world championship when he was that young in, in 2004, um, that really didn't work out quite as well as we'd hoped that it would. Uh, but it's Randy Orton. Look at him now. You know, it's a, it's a, these things. It, it's it, he's got time. He's got he's got loads of loads time. of time. And with a more generous Booker, um, you know, it's and fine. Triple H clearly likes him because he That's liked him in NXT. This is it. I also think that uh, I've heard this thing about having Sammy take it a couple of times, and I will say I like the idea of that. But I only like that's the hindsight thing because at the in July this Sammy thing wasn't in the level it is now. No. So if Sammy had won it in July and then it we got to here. That would be really tasty, but it's why would Sammy win the Money in the Bank briefcase? Because Sammy would just cash it in and lay, lay flat. Yeah. That you know, it, it's a it's a nice idea, oh, but a lot. Can I, can I give you the pitch oh, please, I gave? Please. Is so I've, I've said this on a number of podcasts now, so I apologize for those who have have heard this already. Um, he accidentally wins a number one contendership match for Elimination Chamber, which is in Montreal. Oh. And then the entire month's build for that is him being like, look, I'm not going to fight you, Tribal Chief. I'll just lay down for you. But, you know, looks at the title, picks up the title, hands it to him, this and the other. And then at Elimination Chamber, mm -hmm. goes for one sneaky roll-up. And then when Roman kicks out of it, Roman's face of like, sorry, what now? And then Sammy's like, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It was instinct. It, it was instinct. instinct. Something just kicked in. And Jey Uso on the outside screaming, I told you so, and this and the other. And that's when you do the babyface turn. 
in Montreal to build up to WrestleMania and then having a proper match. I, either that or it's Rome, it's Seth and Kevin versus the Usos for the tag belts. Whoa. Okay, don't fantasy book me into because <laughs> no, be I know, I know, I know, I know. But it's, it's my idea. I had that's it, a good. Idea. I had it on Thursday last week, and it's been bubbling in my mind that's ever a, since. That's, it, the Montreal element of that is the real kicker. Uh, Benjamin Gabriel, we've got a couple more ultra chats that we want to do here. Benjamin Gabriel, who's been a member for eight months, said, "I like the idea of having money in the bank cashed in on any championship. My dislike of this segment is that it makes Austin Theory look like a loser." Yeah, that it did. Ten Ruzza said, "Hey lads, this money in the bank segment. Uh, hey lads, this money in the bank segment. This raw and this crowd." were the worst. So the crowd were awful. Happy fun money in the bank go to Mania again. Happy to get rid of the 24-7 title. Please unify the women's tag titles. I guess that means with the NXT ones. Yeah. Dan, you're the best. You're a legend and you have the best laugh. Thanks very much. Uh, you, Adam, and Sullivan for live reactions. <laughs> that would be the laughter in that one. Would be It would be like three separate versions of laughs. It would be, yeah. Uh, and lastly for now, Hewling Jonathan has been uh, donated to say, I think this sets a precedent for other things to happen with Money in the Bank. One example could be Woods winning Money in the Bank, then cashing on in the IC belt. It's been a goal of his to win. With Walter making the IC, it could mean more. It could be a big moment for Xavier Woods. Could be, but I also don't think you need money in the bank for that. You can just have him win the World Cup. The, but the idea of although oh, he can't, oh, yeah, because the World Cup starts this Friday, and it, it does. is for a shot at Walter. Yeah, it is. And the, the idea of a money in the bank really is, if you had the money in the bank, you unless you really cared about specifically that title, you would want to have the big one because it gets you the most money in the bank. So, uh, we're going to crack on with the show now. We've gone very long on that opening segment, so we, we, we have, well, there was a lot to say. But So let's go through what else happened on this show. And the first 45 mm. minutes of this show were on this first segment yeah. here, which was the Bloodline coming out, which were uh, the Usos and Solo Sokoa, New Day coming out, and it led to a six-man tag. 45 minutes of the show mm. was taken up by this. It is a three-hour show, so you do have to fill time. But like that is also the company just relying on the bloodline to fill up that time. And I thought every single element of this, bar two things, were awesome. I, I think we are in a complete lockstep on this. The crowd not reacting to anything yep. that was said. Yep. And Matt Riddle. Ultimate boner killer Matt Riddle. Wasn't he just? I loved this segment so much. So the crowd good. Not, I was like, why aren't the crowd? Because they are given some amazing amazing promos the reason the the company rely on the blood the blah blah the bloodline to to go is because they are good they are all the reason this this bloodline story is so good is because they have all nailed their character i love it when they speak i love what they've got to say i believe what they've got to say and the same is true of the new day and i know that this is the feud the new day and the bloodline uh specifically the usos which is like the feud that never dies. I don't, but that was then, all right? This is now with a new day that haven't been at the top for a long time and with the bloodline with the Usos that are better than they have ever been. This is a different, and it's a different ball game because it's legacy against legacy. Ball game. And I was so, very good. And I was so in. And then Matt Riddle comes <laughs> out and I'm like, so cross. 
So because this wasn't wacky new day either. No, this was deadly serious new. Because day. this is serious stuff. It's, they this is a legacy. This tag legacy that they have set of the longest reigning champions means the world to them. And what they said in uh, uh, Wood saying, you know, I had to build a whole YouTube channel to gain relevancy. We were given scraps and we turned it to gold. What Kofi said about this, you know, we, we may never be the new day again, probably like we were. So it's not about just, you know, taking the titles off you and having another reign. It's about protecting what was. It's about not letting the legacy of the New Day just disappear. Oh, that was so real. It was so good because it, this was a conversation about who had the tougher roads. Yes. Because they both, all four of them have had tough roads to get to this point. Mm. But the opposite sides think the other ones had things handed to them. Yeah. So like from New Day's perspective, it's like, you were given your jobs here because of your lineage, because you're part of the Anawaii destiny mm -hmm. dynasty. So you were always going to end up working. Your dad's Rikishi. Yeah. And like you were trained from the word go mm -hmm. to be the best. And the user's response to that was like, you have no idea what that pressure's like. <sighs> because yeah, like training under Rikishi, like look at the legacy that was set by him and we've got to try and live up to that standard. Roman's the champion. Mm -hmm. Like he's the guy and we've got to try and be in his shadow We're and things like that. all related to The Rock. All related to The Rock. And then Woods was just like, we were saying catering, wondering whether we were going to get fired. I started a YouTube channel because I needed to do something else in case this does come to an end, mm -hmm. hoping that someone would take notice of us. And it did, and it still didn't work out for us. So we had to make New Day work because New Day, I think a lot of people do forget, did not work. Oh my God. This company actively tried for this to not work, mm. but the three of them made, made it, it work. I thought this was an awesome, awesome, awesome segment. And this crowd did not give a flying fig. And I was so, so cross with them. Absolutely. Well, not only was I cross with them, I was also just like, what is not connecting? Well, yeah. Am I wrong? Well, <laughs> and because the crowd is as much of a, a a selling point to you as the viewer as anything else. So I was like, I'm buying this, but I, maybe I'm wrong watching this segment because the crowd is so dead. But no, I this crowd this, were all This crowd didn't react to they anything were, all night. That's what made me realize that actually the segment was Great. quite yeah. utterly destroyed by Bona Killer Matt Riddle. Oh, <laughs> but I will say, yeah. um, do you know when he says hit the bong? It's actually very subtle and clever. I've only just clocked this. All right, okay. Because... All right, okay. Yeah, yeah, you go. Get into this. Mm -hmm. He's got two bongos. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. It, mm -hmm. when you say hit the bong... Yeah, yeah. He, however, he also likes to do marijuana, mm, yeah. which you smoke in a bong. Look, Dan, I, kn I know what you're doing here, and I, I would, I'm just going to say it on this show, Dan. It's a really clever joke. I'm just going to say, Dan... What? I don't think the joke is funny Thank anymore. Thank you very much. It wasn't it funny was, the first time. It was funny the first time, Dan. Dan, Dan Layton, I put it to you. The right honourable gentleman, I put it to you. <laughs> it was funny the first time. Mr. Speaker. <laughs> Mr. Speaker. Uh, the right honourable gentleman. <laughs> no. And he also, you, you, Matt Riddle, get the word oozy out of your mouth. By the way, I listened to the Blackpool. Stop saying yeet and stuff as well. You, uh, I listened to the Blackpool Content Club, and you are dead right about this because the oozy uh, thing has happened for a couple of weeks. Oh, the vindication yeah. I felt yeah. for that. I'm completely you. right. And like, and and it hasn't. It's still fire. And there was a sign in the background saying "feeling oozy," and I love that none of them said oozy, but Matt Riddle did. And I was like, "You take it out your mouth. You're about to ruin it. Bone killer. Don't want it." So yeah, I was cross about Why? I mean, I know they were doing a six-man tag, 
But also Matt Riddle interrupted New Day. Could have been anyone. He interrupted the baby faces yeah, and came out anyone. and I was like, why are you here? Mm -hmm. And he never really explained why he was there other than to say like, yo, bro, hit my bong. And no. then we'll have a six man tag. Because then. Okay. But Jimmy doing shave and a haircut was actually, that was funny. Because it's Jimmy's fire. Jimmy can, Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy the boner resurrector. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if I may. Jimmy walking across and going, Bum, bum. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was really good. I the only I would have loved it, and I was willing for this to happen if he'd have, and then just smacked him in the face and hit that bomb. That's not a Jimmy we, thing though. That's, that's a Jay, yeah, thing, that's a Jay thing, thing to do. However, when then we start with the match, the match it take because of my absolute fury <laughs> takes a second to get going, but boy, when it gets going, oh yeah, I am so ready for Friday. Yeah, me too. Because oh. this match, the six-man tag, served two purposes. It built up the tag this Friday of New Day versus the Usos for the Undisputed Tag Team Championships, and good job it did in that. But mm. also, be perhaps more importantly, man, it made Solo Sokoa look awesome. Oh, yeah. Solo Sokoa looked rad yeah, in yeah, this yeah. match. And he was the man that pinned Matt Riddle as mm -hmm. well. Matt Riddle, absolutely the right person to take yep. the fall in this. Solo Sokoa, the right person to get the pin in this. Because it's not New Day or Usos pinning each other. Yes, you could have had any of the... I think the heels were the right ones to go over full stop, but you could have had any of the heels pin Matt Riddle. By choosing Solo to be the one to do it, you put Solo over as well. Love this. Yeah. Yeah, so... This was a home run segment, but the crowd did not buy it Ooh. because they didn't buy anything. And Matt Riddle was objectively terrible. Yeah. And if what you said in your review is true, someone had apparently told you that they lost the World Series and so they were a bit bummed. That's a, that's one. Yourself. I know that that's one theory that was posed to me as to why the crowd was bad is because the town they were in, I don't know where it was, uh, lost the World Series. Yeah. I did have a bit more on this in my edited review, but I took it out because I could not be bothered with people having a pop at me about not knowing about the sports. I, I literally it's wrote, the World Series. I no wrote down in my note, glad it's only touchdowns. It doesn't matter. It's not even touchdowns. Well, I know that's why I took it out because... Because I know it's not, but I don't think people would know that I know that it's not. I like a baseball as much as anybody, except that anybody has to be not from America, because Americans obviously love their baseball very much, but surely not that much. Not enough to tank an entirely separate entertainment show. I've never seen a baseball game. Also known as my brother, when he was in America, went to go see one, and he said it was the most boring four hours of his life. So oh, that is my only review. a nice hot dog, at least? I think you might have done that. Okay. Yeah. Up next was Baron Corbin versus Cedric Alexander. Very short match. This Baron Corbin won with the end of days. Yep. It was, you know, usual Baron Corbin stuff. More of the same, still working for me is what I've written down. Yeah. Um, but as I said in my edited review, it was totally worth it because JBL busted <laughs> out a line that I don't think he has said since the build to invasion, which is yum, yum, come get you some. Print it on a t-shirt now. <laughs> Yum yum, come get you some. Come get you some. Yum yum, come get you some. We're gonna see who the phony tough and the fake brave are. And like all this nonsense <laughs> tough guy bravado that he's yeah. got. Yum yum, come get you some. Did you hear what Kevin Patrick said on the way his way to the ring? He said, um, I wonder what he's got up his sizable sleeves. Which is another funny line about JBL's bad tailoring. Big fan of that. Uh, Seth Rollins tried to have oh. an open challenge. Uh, it was answered by the Judgment Day. It was. Presumably Finn Balor, but that we never got to really find that out. It, well, yeah, because he was saying, you know, uh, you, you cost me some gold and now I want it back. Yes, yeah, so presumably yeah. it was going to be Finn. The OC came out instead and Seth bailed because he's smart. a smart guy and he's 100% turning babyface. He's got yeah. blonde hair now. There you go. And the OC were in the ring with the Judgment Day. And, you know, Finn Balor's there being like, look, we've beaten you. Like, we've, we've done this. And he's like, well, you didn't really beat us because it's not three on three. Nope. It's always three on four. Yeah. 
and we could not find a solution to the Rhea Ripley problem, but a solution found us. And I was waiting for Beth Phoenix's movie to play. Out of nowhere, Mia Yim, Mia Yim attacks Beth Phoenix at ringside. A big brawl breaks out, and the the OC they didn't say that she is just affiliate. Like she is part of mm-hmm. this group now. She yeah. is part of this faction, and they pose in the middle of the ring. I'm really happy for Mia yeah. Yim. I love Mia Yim. I think she is a terrific, terrific wrestler. I'm glad she's been given this second shot. Yeah, it's time for Rhea Ripley to have a reckoning. Do you get it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I did get that one. Yeah, it's pretty it? good. Thank um, you. I'm actually, do you know what I wouldn't have done? But it was on the tube ride in. I was like, oh my God, she was in Retribution. Yeah. <laughs> she really was. I nearly said in my review it was her main roster debut. Uh, well, it might as well be. It, and it kind of is because that was Reckoning. Yeah. And this is me a year. Exactly. So they also, are two different people. Uh, props to Kevin Dunn for absolutely missing it. <laughs> Well done. What we what we got was she found us, and instead of some music hearing, I heard a bing <laughs> as Rhea Ripley bounced off the ring post, and then we cut to Rhea just on the floor. Yeah, and it was like Kevin, come on, Kev, give us a wide shot. Yeah, we, we've got to talk. But about Kevin. Mia looked great. And yeah, I, and I and I really I'm high on Mia Yim. I like her a lot. When I saw the blue hair through the thing, I was oh, like, yeah. oh, I was like, oh man, Mia Yim, and that's I, great. Wouldn't have occurred to me. So I, it's a really good shot. And really, and she, really good. She fits. Quite nice, I think, with the OC as well. Um, so I'm looking massively looking forward to it. I think she was not given a fair shake of the stick in her first WWE run. Yeah. She had a great interview with Denise Salcedo where she felt like a joke. Yeah. Because her WWE run had been so bad yeah. and it gave her like massive anxieties mm. about wrestling. Yeah. And I think the run that she had an impact, which was dead good, mm. really revitalized her. So I'm so thrilled that yeah. she's been given this opportunity. And it's a high profile thing because Judgment Day the best thing on the show. Oh, they aren't they just yeah. aren't go. they the best thing? We've got on two this mummies show? now. It's true, we we'll do get into that in a bit when we do the segment later. Yeah. Don't actually call that mummy. <laughs> yeah. Um your future ex-wife, Kathy yeah. Kelly, caught up with um Seth. I didn't get to My talk Kathy. to you. Yeah, I did get to talk about this last week. Did you see her Halloween uh, get-up where she was Ash Ketchum? Did I see it? <laughs> Luke, I, I had to take a breath for a while because it was a lot. I was very excited. <laughs> I had to put down the game of Pokemon I was playing <laughs> to really just like, oh, Jesus Christ. Has <laughs> anyone got a seat that I can sit on? Yeah, anyway. Uh, but no, my Kathy, she hasn't followed me back on Twitter yet, but oh. I imagine that's just because she's waiting to sort of see what the lay of the land is in the Elon world before um, you know, she decides to ultimately follow me back and yeah. we can begin the greatest love story ever told. Uh, Otis then took on Elias. Uh, this Elias push is going so well, he lost to Otis here. Um, you know the story about Otis learning to read this week? Oh, beautiful story. If I could love this man anymore. I know. I swear to God. And like, I, I, you know me in the Alpha Academy, I'm a big, big fan of them both. I think they're great. Um, bye-bye, Elias. Suddenly, out of nowhere, just... Because he wasn't even with his bandmate, Matt Riddle. Nope. But well, Beverly had taken the loss earlier, hit, I guess. Hit the L. So, um, but sure, I, I like Otis very much. This was a match that happened. Yeah. I'm glad Otis won in a yeah. way, I guess, because... They're listening. They're listening. Academy victories, please. Rack them up. Well, Otis is only winning. This is a match that... I mean, we could well, we can't really spend too much time on this because there's not a lot to say, but mm. I don't know what they're building to with Otis. No. Because Otis, this is like the second singles win that he's picked up in the last handful of weeks. But then they, as a tag team, just lose. So it's like, I'm not really sure what we're, what we're working towards. Because mm-hmm. I don't think we're working towards an Alpha Academy split. No. So I don't really know what the purpose of much of this was, other than it's a three-hour show and, and we do say, have to fill time. This is the problem with the lack of 
tag team championships elsewhere. Where they're being yeah. It gives Alpha Academy nothing to go for. That That's a good point. You know? That's a very good point. Because, so. um, like, you know, Raw is a three hour show and it doesn't have the luxury that SmackDown does, in which you've got three wrestlers that all have 10 minute intros. Yeah. <laughs> Because you know you got to use your one five minute intro twice. Oh yeah, well like if you look if you're booking SmackDown, you're yeah. like I've got to fill time here. It's like well I just do a carrying cross match because that, that's that's at least a fifteen minute segment and most Takes of that ages. is the entrance. Yeah, there you go. Job done. Judgment Day uh, freaked out backstage, uh, but Rhea isn't worried about Mia Yim. Yeah, and this is when uh, Dominic Mysterio called Rhea Mummy. 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 Mummy knows best. Mummy knows best. And they teased a showdown between Bel Air and Rhea Ripley. Which I thought was weirdly placed because it came just after Mia debuted. So if you're going to present us with... I mean, it's it's the idea of at some point in the future, not now. Sure. But it was just like... Huh. Well, that's the thing. It's like so. I've seen some people say that perhaps Rhea Ripley will be the four, the fifth te- fifth member for Team Bailey at War Games. But I thought we'd just set up a Survivor Series yeah, match with it. Judgment Day and the OC. It makes no sense for her to go there, especially yeah. if, because later on in the show there is nothing between Rhea and Rhea. I think this was just one of those things where it's like uh, we have to do we this ha- at some point because we were going to do this earlier in the year, mm-hmm. and then we didn't do it because yeah. Rhea got it, Rhea got that's Ill. true. So that's true. we've still got it cooking. We're just spinning that plate. I didn't mind it. Speaking of things that I did mind, um, Bianca Belair and friends came yeah, out. Friends. Okay, so this, I mean, the segment was boring anyway because I've seen this and I'm tired of watching them few like beat yeah. up Damage Control. Yeah. Nikki um, Cross joined the ranks that well, wasn't joined Damage Control, but she's part of their whatever. And it was just every single segment that these lot have had since Bailey came back at SummerSlam. But the thing that pissed me off the most yeah. is that Asuka and Alexa Bliss looked like they could not have cared less yeah. that they lost the tag titles of the weekend. Yeah. Why should I care about these women tag titles if the women that just lost them after winning them five days earlier don't give a f- like why because it angers me so much when people don't care that they lose titles because it makes the titles feel even more worthless than they already are and when they're being hot potatoes as well and it's not on Bliss and Asuka this is what they're told to do and I think that is actively bad I agree we did have um, a little I need uh, to take my shot I'm so heated we did have a little backstage segment uh, backstage video like a fan captured video very well produced fan captured video by Mm. the way Um, (laughs) Um, of a clash between them in the parking lot, which gave you the the semblance that there might be some heat. And you have your P.T. Williams. I had my Molly Holly. She was there. (laughs) I was thrilled about it. Um, But then, yeah, the segment starts and they they do do look fine. And, and, And... that got you heated in this way. This is the segment that really started to derail the show for me completely mm. because I got really cross on a number of things. Um, firstly, this did feel, this is the first time I read it and it felt like a rehearsal yeah. because there was so much space. There was so much room between the things they were saying. No one felt like they'd really figured out how to deliver the line with the killer instinct. Um, secondly, when Dakota says, you haven't beaten Bailey. You can't just assert that in your minds she hasn't beaten Bailey because she objectively has. She hasn't twice. pinned Bailey. But they didn't say that. She no, didn't she haven't beaten beat Bailey. Bailey. Now, what you could say, and this is where it's tiny little tweaks, and it's always this way with damage control for me. What you could say is you didn't you couldn't keep her down for 10. So you had to resort to a tactic and a gimmick. You had to trap her and stop her. That doesn't count. You didn't knock her out. Bailey had you beat were it not for you trapping her in a ladder. You could say something like that. 
because Bailey, I thought, was selling it quite well because she looked mad. She and then she was on commentary later on, and she just was a little bit like very strong. She was the only person that acted like she was had to on this. That's show. exactly it. Dakota was acting really weird, like, like a little, no, sort of like it was a very odd thing. And then we did have the um, Asker and Eo, Asker and Eo uh, which I loved yeah. by the way superb did you did, have you seen the translation of what they said no I was going to message my friend Karen about it yeah. because I, I I know that she would be able to translate it for me but I never got around to messaging her granted I've only seen a video so I don't know if I don't know the 100% accuracy of this but it seems pretty you know basically uh, what they said was Asuka was like just admit it you can't beat us on ability and Io said why can't you just accept the fact that you lost and then Asuka says, oh, you speak Japanese. I didn't know that. And Eo <laughs> says, yeah, of course I can speak Japanese. What are you talking about? And then Asuka says, oh, I just didn't know you could speak it. I thought you were stupid. Stupid. You're stupid. And then she kept saying stupid, 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 yeah, stupid, stupid. Because stupid. that was a bit of commentary that I, well, I don't know what that word Yeah, is. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I loved the fact that really all they're saying to each other is, uh, you're a bit thick. How about that? <laughs> and, I, and I was like, yeah, bash each other. I want to see a feud between these two. And I don't care if they speak a word of English once. No. Like, they're that good. It doesn't the, actually the, matter what you say as long as you buy it. It's the only bit of this I'm still into is Asuka. Yes, bury that because we we haven't really seen that in any way. Um, but yeah, the whole thing felt like a rehearsal. Uh, I'm just cross because it it's not far from salvaging. But then when Bianca does say uh, this isn't a, this isn't a battle, I was like, this is a war. And then she says, this is a war. It's time for war games. It's time for war games. I was like, uh, fine. But why would you argue war games? Because you are currently less than them. You have less people than them. Which brings us to the question of who will be. Because they do announce later on in the show that it is going to be five on five. Yeah. So it is Bailey, Dakota Kai, and EO Sky with Nikki Cross with a fifth with member vacant. Be, with vacant against Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, and Asuka with two vacant. With two vacant. So Candice LeRae potentially being one of them. Yeah. And I guess Dana Brooke? Well, I mean, you you could have she has a she has a reason to join them. Yeah. Because she's there now and she's lost the title and then Nikki's disrespected her and all the work she's put into building the 24-7 title to be a legitimate title. Yeah. And I don't want it to be me and Rhea Ripley. No. Because that you takes them up because otherwise then it's just we're doing the three on three that we just did at Crown Jewel. Yeah. So no. no. And and that, that storyline exists separately and I don't want that to become part of because it, it diminishes two stories. Yeah. I think seeing two vacant spaces is going to make you go, ah, Sasha, Sasha and Naomi. Naomi. But I would rather... Why Why do they have to come back together? Because they left together. Yes, and they were tag team champions when they left, and they could make... The argument could well be, you have those belts, but we're the champions. I, I still had the idea of just bringing them back with those belts. And just yep. being like... You know, because I know that in the real world mm. they left the belts on Johnny Ace's desk. Yeah. But you can fake that and just mm. be like, no, we're... And just do a title unification match yeah. at... Um, uh, the Royal Rumble or yep. like a, a main event of Raw or something. Yeah. Uh, main, probably main event of Raw, I would say, for that. But like, um, what if Bailey brings back Sasha? I like the idea of Banks being on her team mm. and the Bailey Banks connection. Yeah. I think would be really, really great. Because the point of damage control, if we forget, because they have messed it up so badly, but the point of damage control is people who were left behind and not treated very well. Who wasn't treated very well? Sasha, Sasha Banks. Banks. And so I, there's a justification for it. Plus, you can then do the storyline of Sasha Banks trying to take over the leadership of Damage Control. And kick Bailey out and turn Bailey face because I want that to happen because it's not worked. 
I like her as a heel. I love her as a heel. But this has been pretty bad since SummerSlam. Yeah. Like, it was funny. Like, I came to this realization on the Crown Jewel show where I was like, they had a really good run that Ollie kept mentioning all the times they didn't. I was like, oh, yeah, this actually has been quite bad. Yeah. I, I've, at I've, all times. I've been inclined to give it as much space as possible and to be as, as generous to it as possible. But um, lately it has been bad to the point where when they won the belts back at Crown Jewel, I was like, oh. And I thought then Bailey was going to win the, the women's belt so they would have all three. But no. Tegan Knox has been the shout-outs in the chats, particularly because you got the team kick thing with her and her and Kai. Uh, but Kai did turn on Tegan Knox in a War Games match. So yeah, but you know, bygones be bygones. That's a pretty big bygone. So you know, that's like walking back into your trigger. People who uh, were forgotten about Tegan Knox. Yeah, that's always keep to the wayside. There you go. I suppose. Um, speaking of, yeah, I suppose Austin Theory beat Shelton Benjamin. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose. Um. I, funnily enough, had watched a compilation of Shelton Benjamin moments on the really? on Twitter. I think either Lance Storm or, or uh, Shane Helms had tweeted it out and been like, he's a real one. Um, and it was just, oh, Shelton Benjamin. God, he was great. So great. Um, and I do like, uh, the thing is, the notes that I wrote for this don't count anymore. They've gone. <laughs> By the end of the at the end of the show, because I was like, "Oh, great! So you're putting the, the, the you did the thing where he like trash talks Seth too long, and then you know, that you know he's he's naive because he's not got that instinct because he's still quite young. So you place him against a veteran like Shelton Benjamin, and the whole point of it was he was calling me a dinosaur, and I'm not I, don't count me out yet. Also, Shelton's got connections to Brock Lesnar, exactly, and Bobby Lashley, and you still win. And like, okay, so it's good for the idea that he he can be that arrogant. That's what makes those moments when his arrogance gets the better of him more impactful don't matter it's all gone away i also because we had cedric and shelton on this show and bobby is feels like he has turned heel yeah and big time bobby said in an interview while he was out in saudi arabia that like it's it's his current mission to reform the hurt business i did have the scene back and i was like all three of them run this show and like like alexander and and benjamin lost yeah bobby lashley just one backstage segment of the three of them together yeah they're like okay this is where we're heading next could put MVP back with him, take him away from Amos. It definitely felt pointed because you could have um, anyone against uh, Baron Corbin and you picked Cedric Alexander. Yeah. And then for Shelty B to be there as well. It's and like. I'd love to see them do her business versus Imperium. At some oh, I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah. Lovely. Just uh, literally just popped in my mind there because I was like, could you do a Survivor Series? Oh, Imperium. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah. Then we got The Miz versus Johnny Gargano. So. Miz cut a promo to start this off, and he said that he had dinner with a Hollywood producer, <laughs> and he's going to get his story told in a movie about him and Dexter. Yeah. Everyone believes Johnny Gargano. Even my dad believes him. Miz dad reference. Five out of five show. <laughs> he's also contacted his lawyers to go up against uh, Johnny Gargano's fake claims. Johnny Gargano then comes out. Oh, man, this feud <sighs> is making him very unlikable. And... He and he reveals that this Hollywood producer was actually a private investigator wearing a hidden camera. And here is that footage. And the footage was Miz admitting that he paid Dexter Loomis to attack him. Granted, answering a very leading question by this quite bad <laughs> private investigator. Because this pri- no, I promise. Hang on. Let me shut the mic. Because right, the now, private investigator said, if what Johnny Gargano said is true you're a genius and that was when Miz was like okay I'll just say that it was true mm. which I think will be the justification to try and eke this out yeah. more and more and more but he does mm. say that it was true he paid off Dexter Loomis then he couldn't afford it anymore blah 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 and 
Gargano also fast-forwarded some of the footage, which I guess they'll also use as a way to try and extend the storyline further. I've written here, this got no reaction, but that is not unique to this segment. Yeah. So I thought all of that was quite... It wasn't bad. It was just a bit... Yeah. Which has sort of might have been my reaction to the, the Johnny Gargano thing last week. I didn't think it was bad. It was like, yeah. I, th- yeah. I, think, I'm, I think I'm past caring. That's the key detail. That's the key detail. Because we spoke about this last week in uh, when you were in Absentia. Um, and it was very much a case of this was really entertaining four weeks ago. Yeah. You know, and it's, and it's, I don't care anymore. And yeah. I, I was one of the ones, because I'm, I'm, I'm a Miz apologist. I'm one of the ones who was giving this as much as, as uh, I could. Um, another thing that was was put to you guys on the content club was that the bloodline storyline is just basic storytelling, and I got quite cross. <laughs> I was listening to that because it isn't because the bloodline storyline is multifaceted and layered, and it's a full network of things, and it's a lot of different characters with lots of different motivation, and they're and they're all coming together in this one tension building thing. This is basic storytelling because your basic storytelling is plot character motive uh and then conflict and then resolution so we've got that we've got all of those things but the structure of it is not being executed well when things are basic that does not mean they are bad there are a few things in this world better than a victoria sponge that is a basic cake when it's done well it's delicious when it's done badly it's like what's that and that's what's happening now with this this as a plot this even as a contrivance of he was paying dexter loomis all of it, fine. Four weeks ago. Yeah. Now, don't care. The match, though. So, tell that's me the it was great. Oh, this match was awesome. This match was so, so great. I said in my review, it's the best Miz match since 2016. Whoa. Since he had that really... And people keep saying that he had a great run in 2016. We figured out in the office he had a good two-week run in Excuse 2016. You. Um, where weeks. he had both that talking smack segment and oh. the Dolph Ziggler match. Oh, when the shackles are off the Miz, let me tell you, there's nothing better. So, so great. But they were also right next to each other. Yeah. And actually, the rest of the 2016 was broadly fine. Some people have also said that he had a good match with Rollins on a pay-per-view. I mean, I, when I say some people, Temp has said that, but he's also, you know, a stickler for boring things. Um, so, but this match was so good. So, so great. It was back and forth. It was an NXT style match. Yeah. It's a Johnny Gargano NXT style match. Mm-hmm. And I really, really liked it. It felt like Miz like elevated his game. He didn't go out there to do his usual two and a half star match. He went out there to be like, no, I'm going to have a really good banging match with Johnny Gargano. And they're going wrong. And, and prove me wrong. Glad, please do. <laughs> please do. I like being proved wrong. It's better. The world is much better when things are better and I like them. <laughs> the world is much better when you are wrong. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, yeah. and honestly, that happens a lot. You'd have thought that we'd have solved world hunger by the time I'm wrong. Um, and it had a really creative finish mm. where Miz went to the outside and he was then pulled under the mm. ring, very clearly pushing himself. But he was like, oh, no, I'm being pulled under. Yeah. And so he escapes out with the turnbuckle, like, crank thing. And the referee comes out and he's like, he's under the ring, he's under the ring. So the Go referee check. jumps out and is checking. And he's like, Miz, I can't see anything. He's like, no, no, he's there, he's there, he's there. Johnny Gargano comes up, bonk, behind the referee's back. Miz pins him. I thought it was a great finish to yeah. an awesome match and the look on miz's face was really great oh, as well it really so so it. good yeah it's the best thing that's happened in this storyline 
um, the actual wrestling match. And then Dexter Loomis attacked Miz with a chair, and I was like, oh, yeah, you're in this. Yeah, and it's then, just all of it's for... And I'm like, oh, no, there's going to be more. Because that won't be as good yeah. as Miz versus Gargano. I just don't want it. Yeah. I was just ashamed, because I was, I was so hype, and now I'm not. Then we get to this segment here, which is backstage. Damage Control are with Nikki Cross, and they basically hire her into their Survivor Series team match, and then say, now go out and take Dana Brooke. And I'm like, why? Yeah. What are you got against Dana Brooke? Also, Nikki was doing crazy pacing, but the frame was quite tight, so she couldn't go very far. So it all felt very devised drama A level. Oh, yeah. And I, I wasn't, I didn't like it. But you know, oh, you know Golden Corral? Mm hmm. Uh, they love hiring veterans. They only mentioned it like 16 times during the show. Oh, okay. So I wrote it down because <laughs> it got on my nerves. Well, More do you know what? Sponsor, I, do you know what I lot. wrote down in my notes? Please. We got a bit of the American feed oh. in this before it cut to the BT Sport yeah. advert. And it was The Rock walking up to an arcade cabinet of WrestleFest and it being like, oh, WrestleFest, what I gave for my childhood. Then it cuts around and Randall Park is stood there. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, what's this? It's The Rock and WrestleFest and Randall Park. And it's like, BT Sport. And I'm like, yeah. no, no BT Sport. Bring it, bring back The Rock and oh, Randall Park. <laughs> oh, jeez. Because I love, I love Fresh Off the Boat. Yeah. It's such a great show. And I think Randall Park's amazing. But anyway. Um, BT was saying no. BT did say no. This then led to Dana Brooke versus Nikki Cross yeah. for the 24-7 championship. They said, they said the 24-7 title is on the line, to which I went, yeah, it's always on the line. That's the point. Well, it was being specifically defended in this match. And I think, and I haven't gone to check this, but I think this is the first time it's been defended since Triple H took over. Yes, I would be, I would 100% yeah. support that. And I was like, this is, I, as soon as this match started, I was like, this is the end of the title. This is the only reason this belt is on TV yeah. is because this belt is being gotten rid of. And sure enough, uh, Nikki wins the title and then walks away with it. And in a YouTube exclusive... <sighs> it wasn't, because it was on the show. Was it on the show? On the show. Was it really? I saw that in your review. I was like, no, 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 I saw this. Oh, my apologies. Yeah, it happened. It happened canon. It is live I on the I do air. apologize, because I did think, why would you just put that onto YouTube? Yeah, that's me fast forward. There you go. The ad breaks. You, you missed it. You missed it. I, I certainly didn't because I watched it three times. I rewound. Because this segment is magical. Is it? Because <laughs> I'm cross. It's an, are you Nikki Cross? Hey. It's, it's Nikki Cross with the belt on her shoulder, walking zombie-like around the backstage area with Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Io Sky sort of flanking her, looking a bit weirded out by her. And the idea was that Nikki Cross was going to not take the belt off her shoulder, but it was just going to sort of like slump off her shoulder and she was just going to throw it into a bin. And she gets a rim shot and it falls to the floor Clatters. and they carry on walking. And my first thought was, you couldn't have done a second take? That, <laughs> you, thank you, thank you. Because like, it's not I, that long, oh. but they were like, uh, we've, we've wasted enough hard drive space on this already. Do you know what I mean? We've got it, it's fine. Uh, no, it was, that is the world's biggest bin. <laughs> and you missed. How could you? And they didn't. Like I'm sorry. If you were shooting it live, why? This was a, this. There was no opportunity to do a second take. Like I, I, this is what made it feel like a rehearsal rather than a real televised program. You. Uh, ugh, this really made me angry. It really because why? Put that on television. Ah, show your ass. Doesn't really matter. Kevin Dunn, get out. Not fan. Very cross. Uh, my and, uh, and also, this is not nitpicking. We and any wrestling reviewer gets called out for nitpicking. I'm sorry, 
you were going to put that in the bin, the world's biggest bin, and you missed, do a second take. I'm sorry, go back over there, go the, the 10 meters where you were, carry on walking, we'll do a second take, and that'll go live. Because if you want me to buy that your show is, is important and must watch and good, then you need to show it. You need to put the effort in. A great point you made there is that this didn't need to be done live. <laughs> it could be done as a pre-tape. It was very quick. Very quick. Very easily could have been done as a pre-tape. Maybe cross. Anywho, my favorite part of this is when when Dana Brooke lost, Corey Graves said, I oh. didn't even have time to say anything bad about Dana Brooke to rile her up on the internet. I felt really bad about that. I felt really sorry. I feel so sorry for Dana yeah, Brooke in all time. of this. I feel so massively sorry for yeah. Dana Brooke because, yes, the 24-7 title is a joke. And yeah. Yes, no one cares about it. And yes, it was once the belt used to cover up Drake Maverick's knob yeah. for a comedy. Yeah. But it did mean something to Dana Brooke. Like when she won this belt, everyone was like, good for you, Dana. Like you smashed through some glass ceilings and you won mm. this belt. Yeah, sure. We all thought it was naff, but it meant something to her. It is, a... And then Seth's making fun yeah. of her like on commentary a couple of weeks ago. And Corey Graves is making fun of her here. And now she's like that title that I have been trying to make good for the last few months. You literally threw it in the bin. This is the thing. So the title needed to go in the bin. Sure don't, did. Don't get me wrong. Bad title. Like the, 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 in, that, in that second take, when it landed in the bin, I would have been all for it. The title needed to go in the bin. It just feels like, and this is, again, part of the pressing the reset. Triple H is getting rid of certain things that just make no sense. Vince era, dead. La, la, la. Gone. I feel bad for Dana because Dana has been through some stuff and worked really hard. And, I, I, you know, she's not necessarily the most uh, gifted. She's not necessarily the best performer, but she's really working on it. She's doing her thing. Mm -hmm. Respect. And... The one-two punch of it being like, oh yeah, the 24-7 title exists and Corey Graves having a go at her at the end of the match. For me, felt really pointed and quite sad and yeah. I didn't like it. It was unnecessary. It left a sour taste in my mouth. Yeah. Um, we talk about this on the WrestleTalk Reacts video that will be going up onto the uh, main WrestleTalk channel very, very shortly. Probably even the next hour or so. So Pete and I will dive into this a little bit more on that. But yeah, I do... I do feel bad. I feel for her. I feel bad for Dana Brooke and all of this. Uh, last thing to talk about, I suppose, is the uh, the Bobby Lashley Sester, which we did cover earlier, so we won't go beat by beat, but mm. you said you thought this was double turn? For me, this was a very clear double turn. I think we've been teasing that with Seth, but I think the, the Seth saying, I've been here 10 years, we get a big thank you, Seth Chan. Um, then the the I've been absolutely beaten up, but I'm going to take the match. Yes, so I'll take the match and I'll fight and I'll kick out of everything. That was incredibly babyface. And of course, he's blonde now. So I think that one, two, three, that's a turn. I think Bobby has been teasing a heel turn with the Brock stuff. I think his him him being happy to be elitist and at the back mm -hmm. uh, when Brock came out to the ring and then beating up Brock after the match, after he lost clean, and then, you know, not even taking the match, beating up Ole in the back, beating up, he's going on a heel tear. I think this was a double turn. I think it was the only effective thing about this segment. Yeah, and I'm all for us. I've been saying for a while, I think Seth should have turned baby face. Yeah. Because the crowd are just, mm -hmm. the crowd are the, the hottest for Seth I mean, not this crowd, because this crowd was hot for nothing. Yeah. But, but I mean, they were, they were hot for Seth. They will chant his theme song. Yeah, and they did say thank you, Seth. I do think, I hope they don't uh, take away some of his teeth. I hope they don't take away yep. the, the smarminess of it, because that works in, in this character. So, um, but no, I think it's a double turn. Uh, well, thank you so much for watching this. I, I gave the episode uh, four out of five yep. in the end. Well, what would you have scored this out of five? Uh, one and a half to two. And those, those stars are for the heel uh, face turn. Uh, for the Usos at the beginning and for Kathy Kelly. Not for Mia Yim? No, I'm good for Mia Yim, but, you yeah. know.
Kevin Dunn missed it, so I couldn't give it any points. Not for the Miz wrestling real good? Oh, well, that's the standard. <laughs> you don't get bonus points no, for that. No, no. Well, I mean, actually, I thought one of your stars might be for Molly Holly. Oh, no, that's, but that's on a whole other play, you know. Um, we've got to say some special thank yous to some. Uh, oh, no. Oh, no. Nope, it's fine. The mics are still on. I think I'll turn the mics off for a second then. But I can now play the Hall of Fame music that I believe is now uh, leveled better. Good. Okay. Because I, I leveled it bad <laughs> last time. Um, Dan, I'm going to have. Should we have a celebratory quality well, treat? Yeah. Uh, would you like the fudge or would you like the, the uh, orange cream? Orange cream. Yeah. Thank you. There you go. Um, we're feeling a bit. Festive. I bought some festive stuff in the office, so let's get some foley there, and then... Oh. Are you not close to the microphone? Oh my god. I'm going to have to talk now. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So, um, That's great content. Mm. Mukbang. Mukbang. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've got some great stuff coming up on Patreon. So we had the mailbag go up. Uh, tomorrow will be WrestleTalk Behind the Scenes, mm. which is actually the four of us, so me, Ollie, Pete, and Tempest, going a lot into Survival Series mm. and how Survival Series came about and the filming of Survival Series. Yeah. So it's a really, really fun chat. The week after that will be WrestleTalk After Dark, mm -hmm. which is an all-star lineup of Pete Adams, Sullivan, and Editor Terry. Goodness me. Editor Terry is coming in on her day off to record Huge. After Dark today. Love that. Love that indeed. And then the week after that, it will be Ollie Davis and I reviewing Survivor Series 2003. Wow, that one. That one that won the poll. Do you know Survivor Series 2003 uh, used to be my desktop background for a bit? They released the picture of it. And yeah. so I remember back in the day, I used to change it for each pay-per-view. That's, that's why I remember Survivor Series 03. The card? Not a clue. Oh, well, I mean, it's, it is a wacky, please come back attitude era fans <laughs> card. Great. It, it is... Looking at it on paper, it is the most desperate show WWE mm. ever put on of begging people to oh, come back. Oh, is this um, buried live? It's Undertaker and McMahon. It's uh, Shane and versus Kane. Kane. Yeah, it's yeah, Aust yeah. Team Austin versus Team Bischoff. Great. It is a desperate attempt to bring back Attitude Era fans, mm. and it did not. not work. But we can also shout out some of our special $25 and above pledge hammers here on the show. The Baker, Adam Cakebread. The Machine Gun, Alex Anderson. The Shrock Master, Austin Shrock. Archbishop Badass of Banterbury. <laughs> Shawn Michaels' biggest fan, Brett Guy. I don't know if that was... No, those are two different people. Well, there you go. Two different people in one go. Chris Hellfire Brimstone. Infinite Crisis, Chris Jenkins. No Fozzy Required, Chris Mayers. All-Star, Chuck Turner. The Mayor of Painesville, Dan. Dr. Hook, Nolan Evans. And the last shout-out for this, the Tuesday, the 8th of November, 2022 Hall of Fame class, Send me to heaven, Evan Reich. Thank you all so much for being amazing pledge hammers over patreon.com forward slash wrestle. Go and get some bonus goodies, including early access to Monday Night War episodes. So, Let's get into the rest of your ultra chats. We're kicking things off with uh, Ligas King, who says, uh, They have had one of my favorites on the roster, Gargano, lose to two of my least favorites in Miz and Corbin recently. But why? The crucial question is, but why? 
Uh, Hannah Allen said, hello, lovelies. OMG, this show was not fun. <laughs> I just finished at the gym, bouncing to some Lizzo, Great. Juice OC, was really just looking forward to some positive and good vibes. Then Raw, flat, sad, hitting a bong, whispering low, soft, energy Japanese, unhappy face. Yeah. I enjoyed that, this episode of Raw. Though, and, and I'm thrilled for you. I thought it was a stupid episode. And I've kind of missed... I like stupid. I have missed wrestling chaos. But this wasn't chaos. This was bad. That final that final 20 minutes was absolute chaos. That yeah. was throwing a whole lot of spaghetti at the wall and seeing how much of it is actually cooked and sticks to it. <laughs> and it was just lots of dry pasta, like just falling just off, all or over, clattering yeah. against the wall and falling but off. But now I've got to clear up all the pasta. Like, no, I don't want to. <laughs> oh, I know. And Triple H is like, well, there you go. I don't want to, Triple H. There's your raw. <laughs> Awful. Evan said, I tried to be as positive as I can, but boy, this show was rough. I was so mad when Riddle interrupted that opening promo. Yeah. Then there was the mess of a main event. Some good spots, but not good enough to get rid of that bad taste in my mouth. To be honest, a high two out of five. Goodness, even that's generous. Charles Berg says, unfortunately, the Dexter Loomis dream yeah. has died. I like to apologize to everyone. Unfortunately, my ideas are just too good and WWE aren't brave enough. If only they went with my superior storyline, it would be the hottest thing in wrestling for at least two weeks. Yeah, those two weeks would have been wonderful, alas. Uh, Chris here says, what a difference a week makes. Last week I was happy looking forward to an Alexa title reign, but now I'm back being depressed about her booking. Deeply disappointed in Triple H for not booking her. It's almost as bad as Vince. Let's not go that far. Oh, no. I mean, very few things are yeah. that far. I'm really disappointed he's given her a, total t- a token title reign to boost ticket sales. That's not why he did it. Um, it's just so they, they could then put the title belts back. Yeah. Um, now she's jobbing to Nikki and Wyatt will end her career so she can be released before she walks next year. I don't think that's happening either. Um, the last few weeks have felt more like the Triple H, Vince era Triple H seems to have a problem with progressing a storyline. Then We have to see damage control brawling with, oh, I like that he's called her uh, Alexa, Alexa and friends. friends when it is very much Bianca and friends. Miss being stalked for ages. I also, the 24-7 title comes across like the women's IC title. That's uh, what Dana was trying to say, but I think it's very much clearly in the bin yeah. now. I also think I'm, I'm <laughs> intrigued. I actually would have, well, it depends on what they're going to do with it but that that little bray uh sting in uh crown jewel was uh quite entertaining i liked that and the crowd boy it was very like whoa cool okay we're gonna do something with this and i know that alexa was frustrated that they they never really got to explore the depths of that storyline um i thought bray was gonna that if they'd have done that moment in the match and given a rather than nikki cross interfering that would have been really interesting i liked i like ollie's theory that alexa is is the misdirect and he's already recruited Nikki to target Alexa ah. Bliss, so it's not him going after Alexa; it's him targeting Alexa. In, oh, okay, that's interesting. I, I don't I don't hate that. No, I don't either. Um, can I hot tag across to you, please, to to do the ultra chats? That was the worst high five I've ever given, but we'll take it. My 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 daughter does a really good high five. Oh. I've lost to a one-year-old. Um, Brian Moore says Lashley cut himself running theory into the post, which is the second time that's happened. <laughs> he had a scar in his cheek for over a year after doing the post run to Ricochet. Lashley scarred himself twice by kicking too much ass. <laughs> Lashley is a badass. That scar did look good on his Looked chest. Cool. It was a really cool. I was like, oh, hello. Sky Shadowrun says sigh. And I agree. Uh, somebody take those bongos away from Riddle. I hope you're both doing well. I had a lot of fun, but I'm easily sports entertained. Random question, but do you see Robert Roode being pushed at all if and when he returns? Yeah, I believe he's doing backstage stuff at NXT. Yeah, I um, I mean, I complete, I, the, th- the thing is, I'm easily sports entertained too, and this just didn't do it for me. Bobby Roode, I think, uh, world title? No. No. 
Impact player, US title, no one put intended, uh, US title and intercontinental title, possibly. Yeah, if, they, if they can bring him back with Glorious. Yeah, because the character was great. And, and as NXT champ, I think he looked a million dollars. So, um, yeah. But but at this stage of his career, what's he want to do and where are his skills best suited? Yeah. That's, that's the key question. Um, Gabriel Reyes. I was admittedly a little on a high when watching Raw last night. Perhaps you'd hit a bong. It's very clever. Um got my driver's license and finally got a job outside of retail well, well played so i enjoyed myself that being said they still should have done something different maybe nxt champ as they teased yeah can't disagree with you there yeah, yeah. uh kid phantom v3 i thought raw was decent last night and i get the way it was done for the chaos if the final hour and with uh with riddle with the new day and usos was good but the execution of everything was handled badly which i think why it felt like a bad triple h raw yeah i think it, at this point it is just raw like it's not even triple h versus vince raw this is just it's now his. So we, we almost need to put Vince to bed, because especially because he's trying to get us to do that with the choices he's making. Um, but the execution of it all was very just like first draft. Come on, try harder. Tails P. OMG, Corbin won on his own. Did Heavy Machine... Oh, yeah, there were very few interferences. That's true, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Did Heavy Machinery ever get a tag title match? Miriam is back. Do you think she'll do Keith Lee moves like Charlotte with Andrade? <laughs> uh, you haven't beaten Bailey. Bailey chose the match. She chose the ladder match, too. This is it. It's logic. The logic yeah. isn't there. Uh, German Chavez. Good morning, guys. I agree with Luke. I was thoroughly sports entertained. Fair enough. EO versus Asuka at Mania. Have a great day, both of you. I would love to see it. I would love to see that as well. Uh, in answer to Tails' question, I don't think that Mia Yim will be doing Keith Lee uh, style no. moves. No, I think not quite. Um, uh, but I'd like to see EO versus Asuka Mania. That'd be great. Yeah, big time. Uh, will Campbell. Despite the theory thing, there were things that I liked. That first 45 minutes to an hour of the show uh, between the New Day and the Usos and the match was absolutely brilliant. The crowd reminded me of my first Raw in 2019. To quote Sean Ross Sapp, the crowd was ass cheeks. <laughs> yes. This crowd was ass cheeks. They really were. And and that first 45 minutes was great. And that's what was frustrating. Uh, Gabriel Ray is back again. This is how you know Nikki is a true heel. Everyone knows that jerks miss the bin and just walk away. She was littering. That's she exactly right. Litter. She littered. Nikki Cross. Serious. Tisk tisk. You know what Scotland looks like because of littering. <laughs> you careful, Scots quite passionate about their land oh i mean i i well i i agree and as they should it's a beautiful country but beautiful like country. i saw the pictures coming out of edinburgh yeah um will gamble despite the theory thing though oh no i've done that one already yeah. uh I've done that one too. jordan jordan qb11 uh hey guys so for friday i think to make the tag match more interesting they should have an injury angle on jimmy causing sammy to have to tag with jay that night i think it would give every near fall more emotion plus all the tension with the bloodline i actually think it's so emotional and so tense Anyway, I don't think they need to do any. Shit I like agree because I because it's one of those things of like, if they win, then they break the new day's record. It's that day that I think the dates work out. Is that it's that day. amazing how it's lined up? You know, it's perfect. If they lose, then this is the beginning of the wheels falling off the bloodline, and that's enough emotion for me without any sandwich. I I completely agree. Um, but you know, curious. Uh, Oliver Barcello, I know it's early, but who are your top three picks to win the Royal Rumble? Minus Sammy, Cody, or Nakamura? Uh, it's it, Nakamura is certainly not. Um, a Cody, I think, is a good like front runner because mm. he'll probably do his big return at the Rumble. Yeah, Cody is probably like my number one, unless it unless it's going to be Rock and Roman, Ooh. and Rock is the surprise entry in the Rumble, and the Rock wins the Rumble. Because this is the thing: is that I, th I think at this point realistically whoever wins the rumble is facing roman at wrestlemania and probably will be the person to defeat roman that said 
if he keeps the belt, he's actually not that far away after WrestleMania from getting to a thousand days and break. I think I think it's eight hundred days today. Mm-hmm. By WrestleMania, it'll be one hundred and forty days. So if they can keep it a little bit longer, he'll get a thousand days of champ and he'll break the CM Punk reign. Yeah, I think if it's um, which would be very good for WWE. There you go. I think if it is, surely he's beaten that reign already. Two, uh, only with the WWE title. Oh, today is the 219th right. day of the WWE. Sorry, apologize. 800 of Universal. So yeah, sorry, I apologize. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I, I still think they're going to do Rock and Roman. I uh, yeah. I mean, it's, if it's there and he's available and he wants to do it, it would be a waste. It's, of it's the time Hollywood. to do it. It's Hollywood. Hollywood. It's the time to do it. Um. Yeah. I, I mean, Cody would be a good shout too, but I don't. I think. I think. I think the time is different. If Cody wins the Rumble, he has to win the belt. Yeah, I and, agree. and I don't think it's the time. I don't yet. think it's the time. And I think Cody's probably. I mean, they said it's probably going to be Cody Seth. Yeah, at Mania, if it's anything, mm. uh, because that would be a nice way of running that. Give him a little bit more time because apparently his injury is taking a little longer yeah. to to heal. I'm not surprised because it was vile. It really was. Uh, Frank and Foot. Hi lads. All year, everyone seems to agree. Uh, Jericho Appreciation Society versus Blackpool Content Club is getting long or in the, the combat two, club, right? What? combat club did i say content content club Club. yeah we're not feuding with jericho uh but i would like to see it uh but we all worked ourselves into a shoot because the main argument all year from fans has been are we sports entertained or this is wrestling lol all makes sense now ah frankenfoot i think i guess you're right Mm. Uh, York Master, uh, not going to lie, I actively get annoyed whenever you make negative jokes about sports. Doesn't matter the country, people take their favourite sports very seriously. I mean, why else would I watch wrestling videos on YouTube? Be kinder, please. Seriously, love you guys. As a as a card-carrying Manchester United fan and heading into the World Cup, I vibe. I agree. I know what you mean. I was going to say, and like, people in this country take sports very, very, very seriously. Very, very seriously. Yeah. And and in, in fair to you, York Master, you're not the first person to message me saying that you get actively annoyed when I don't care about <laughs> American football. It's, I, it is, what is interesting, though, is that Amer- American sports are very exclusive to America. And yeah. then, so when we, we don't get baseball because we don't have it. So I don't get why a crowd would be so sad at losing the World Series. That's the, that's the interesting thing. Yeah. Whereas, like, with soccer, uh, even that, and, says, even, and even that, like, so if United lose the FA Cup, I don't think I'm gonna. Well, I mean, no, no fans now. are in Manchester anyway, they're all in London, Dan. My family are in trouble, <laughs> <laughs> they've got season tickets, Luke. The only ones there, everyone else We're proving is, the point here. Everyone else is going up the M6 Stop to No, <laughs> to Old Trafford, <laughs> stopping off with the wonderful service. At least we can fill the... the stadium, not like City. <laughs> Sit here. <laughs> so um no i mean yeah it's like I, I just i find it here's the thing i'm putting my cards completely on the table here because people get so angry that i get sports wrong it just makes me do it more yeah you're a heel in a way yeah because you know who gets the most annoyed about it andy datson <laughs> he gets Great. so angry when i get sports wrong on purpose yeah so i'm like I'm just gonna keep doing it. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah, gonna well. keep doing it because I think it's a bit funny. Tempest gets so mad. So if you ever take it personally, just picture Andy Datsun seething, and then you'll be fine. Uh, Reggie Marshall is a brand new member. Hey, welcome aboard. And Gabriel Reyes, uh, welcome to Fudge Eating <laughs> ASMR with Luke Owen Dad and the one and only Dan Layton. We absolutely did do that. Didn't we, we did. That very do much that. was what happened. Thank you all so much for watching. This show went a bit longer today, but we did have a lot to dive fun. into today. We had fun, had didn't fun. we, today? So if you have made it this long and it is your first time here, please do press that subscribe button. Give us a big thumbs up when you share this with your friends and family as well so they can all come and watch and join in the fun. Um, we will see you on on 
Thursday for the AEW review. Mm-hmm. It will be uh, Ollie Davis and Sullivan Bo Brown. Oh, hello. Because I am not in the office that oh, day. No. So thank you all so much. We'll be doing that. And then on Friday, it'll be the Blackpool Content Club as we have essentially a week off before we have back-to-back weeks of pay-per-views. Oh, goodness. We yeah, we have full gear and then it's Survivor Series yeah. the week after. Yeah. Cripes. But then we essentially get two months off because there's okay. no pay-per-view until the Rumble. Thrilled. Yeah. And um, well, well, there you go. Well, Raw, not forgetting Raw is XXX. Well, maybe we'll have some big plans for the Royal Rumble this year. But until then, I have been Lee Cohen. D-A-D. That has been the Professor Dan Layton. Jam that jam, everyone. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money.